Thanks for watching NTD Business. Coming up, get ready for economic pain. That's the message from the Federal Reserve as it raises interest rates again. And the New York Attorney General sues former President Trump and his company. She claims they've engaged in years of financial fraud. And Germany has nationalized energy giant Uniper. The firm is now fully under government control. Are more nationalizations coming? Then much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here for NTD Business. The Fed is telling Americans to prepare for pain. Today, it raised its key interest rate again amid historically high inflation. The Fed's stated goal is to slow the economy down enough to bring down prices, but not put the country into an economic crisis. Today's rate increase was three-quarters of a percentage point, same as the last two hikes. Uh, the FOMC is strongly resolved to bring inflation down to 2%, and we will keep at it until the job is done. Today's move will likely mean higher credit card rates, mortgage rates, and other loan rates for you. The Fed also wants to weaken the U.S. jobs market by hurting business revenues. If businesses make less money, they can hire fewer people. The Fed blames inflation on the large number of available jobs and the fact workers can demand higher wages. Chairman Powell said today the Fed will continue to raise rates until wages and prices come down. As in previous meetings, the chairman did not place any blame on the enormous number of new dollars created during the pandemic. The U.S. government and the central bank provided massive stimulus to the economy. They said the goal was to help it through global lockdowns and the economic hardship that followed. And today, stocks rose, then fell as the markets reacted to the Fed's rate hikes. The Dow lost 522 points, or 1 and 7 tenths of percent. S&P fell 66 points, also 1 and 7 tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq dropped 205 points, or 1 and 8 tenths of a percent. And here to talk more about the rate hike is Joseph Trevisani. He's a senior analyst at FX Street. Here's what he had to say. Joseph, thanks for coming. So we just saw a 75 basis point hike today, and I just want to talk a little bit about the Fed's plan here. We know it wants to wants people to spend less to lower inflation, but it seems to me it doesn't matter how much you raise interest rates, people are still going to buy necessities, right? Like food and gas, and that's where inflation is. So explain to me how does the Fed's plan work here on these areas? Well, thank you for having me. Well, it's kind of interesting. I mean, Mr. Powell, Chairman Powell, alluded to what was going to happen and what is necessary in his uh, question and answer session after the Fed decision today. He didn't say it, but what's really going on is that the Fed needs to induce a slowdown. Well, by slowdown, he means recession. To get inflation down from the heights where it is right now, over 8%, you need to both retard growth and retard spending. So when we look at that, that's where the change will occur. With 8.5% inflation, and much inflation for necessities, of course, is much higher. Rent is much higher. Of food is, I believe, over 13%. As you know, those things really can't be cut by most people. They can shift spending within the category, but you can't stop eating. You can't stop paying for your rent. So where the real crunch comes are in discretionary spending. It's the things that people don't have to buy. People don't have to go on vacation. They don't have to buy a new car. They don't have to buy a new house. Those are the things and the areas of the economy 
that will be affected by the Fed's rate increases. You know, Joseph, Powell today said that the pain felt from a recession is far less than the pain felt from uh, sustained inflation. But let me ask you, where do you think the pain is mostly going to be felt? Well, I think the pain is going to be felt mostly, of course, on the economic classes, the economic categories that have the least amount of money. I mean, this is not something that's difficult to figure out. If you are poor, if you're working class, and the cost of food is rising 10 and 15% a year, that's where the danger is. That's where the pain is. The Fed knows this. Everyone knows this, but there isn't much that they can do about it. They cannot simply focus interest rates and increases in costs on people who can afford them. The world doesn't work that way. Now, on the other hand, if we do go into a recession because of the rate hikes, you know, some say we're already in one, but if we go deeper into a recession, the I think there will be a lag before prices actually start coming down. Do you think we could be in a period of stagflation with high prices and we're and in a recession? Do you think that's, that's, that's a scenario that could happen? Well, it's interesting. Uh, Mr. Powell and a number of others, everyone who's talking about this, has put a lot of ifs there, if we're going to have stagflation, if we're going to have a recession. Neither of those things are true. We are, in fact, in a recession by every traditional definition. The standard definition of recession is two periods of declining GDP. We've already had that in the first and the second quarter. The third quarter estimate running from the Atlanta Fed GDP Now model is at 0.3%. That will probably go negative as well. We have inflation, general inflation, CPI, running at 8.3%. So we have the economy contracting and inflation running at its highest rate in 40 years. This is the definition of stagflation. So it's not a question of if. The question is, how much worse is it going to get? Just last thing, why, Joseph, why did the two-year Treasury yield surge today, and why is it higher than the 10-year yield? Well, because the, the, the uh, conclusion of the credit markets is that the Fed is going to do what it says it's going to do. It's not just rhetoric. That in the near term, rates are going considerably higher. And eventually, the Fed will have to start cutting rates a year out, year and a half out. So that is why the longer-term interest rates, the longer-term yields on the Treasuries are lower than the current yields. That's exactly the definition of an inverted yield curve. And it predicts both higher interest rates now and a recession in the future. All right. Thank you very much, Joseph Trevisani, Senior Analyst, FX Street. Thanks for your time today. Thank you very much for having me. And earlier today, Fed Chair Jerome Powell said the housing sector has weakened significantly, in large part reflecting higher mortgage rates. Well, weakened it has. Today, the National Association of Realtors reported home sales dropped in August for the seventh month in a row. Sales of existing homes were down 0.4% from July. That includes the sale of single-family homes, townhomes, condominiums, and co-ops. The group said that's a nearly 20% drop from a year ago. So what's behind the drop? It could be that high mortgage rates together with stubbornly high home prices are pushing potential home buyers out of the market. The median home price in August was up nearly 8% from last year. 
And moving on to gas, after sinking every day for more than three months, the average price of a gallon of gas just went up. It's only by a penny though, with prices now hitting 368, according to AAA. Falling gas prices are the main reason America's consumer inflation has remained steady overall during the past few months. Though $3.68 still a lot higher than what prices were in 2020. New York Attorney General Letitia James is suing former President Trump, the Trump Organization, and three of Trump's adult children. This is part of her years-long probe into their business dealings. Here's the story. New York Attorney General Letitia James announced Wednesday that she has filed a lawsuit against former President Trump, the Trump Organization, and its senior executives. She claimed that they are responsible for $250 million worth of financial fraud. The complaint demonstrates that Donald Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and to cheat the system, thereby cheating all of us. He did this with the help of the other defendants, his children, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump and Eric Trump and former Trump Organization CFO Alan Weisselberg and Trump Organization controller Jeffrey McConney. James claimed that from 2011 to 2021, Trump and the Trump Organization knowingly and intentionally created more than 200 false and misleading valuations of assets and that they did so to obtain a variety of financial benefits, such as having banks lend money to the Trump Organization on more favorable terms. The Attorney General is asking the court to do the following. We are asking the court to, among other things, permanently bar Mr. Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, Eric Trump, from serving as an officer or director in any corporation or similar, similar entity registered and or licensed in New York. To bar Mr. Trump and the Trump Organization from entering into any New York State commercial real estate acquisition or from applying for loans from any financial institution in New York for five years. Trump reacted to the lawsuit on Truth Social, writing in part, quote, another witch hunt by a racist attorney general. She is a fraud who campaigned on a Get Trump platform. During her campaign for attorney general in 2018, James said, quote, no one is above the law, including this illegitimate president. I look forward to going into the office of attorney general every day, suing him. Reporting by Allison Lee, NTD News. And now turning to the Russia-Ukraine war. Russian President Vladimir Putin called up reservists to fight in Ukraine today, signifying a major escalation in the war. He also made a thinly veiled threat to possibly use nuclear weapons. Here's the report. If the territorial integrity of our country is threatened, we will, without question, use all the means at our disposal to protect Russia and our people. This is not a bluff. It is Russia's first such mobilization since World War II. Russia's defense minister, Sergei Shegu, said the partial mobilization, which begins immediately, would see 300,000 reservists called up, adding that it would apply to those with previous military experience. In his address, Putin said the partial mobilization of two million strong military reservists was to defend Russia and its territories, and that the West 
did not want peace in Ukraine. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said he did not believe the world would allow Putin to use nuclear weapons. Speaking to Germany's Bild TV on Wednesday, he vowed to press on with liberating Ukrainian territory captured by the Russians. The move has been condemned by Western leaders, with Germany's vice-chancellor describing it as an escalation. Speaking to Reuters, Ukrainian presidential advisor Mikhail Podolyak said the Russian mobilization was a predictable step that would prove extremely unpopular. He added it underscored that the war was not going according to Moscow's plan. And talk about getting more bang for your buck. The U.S. dollar went up 0.4% today, the highest it's been since 2002. The jump happened after Russia said it was calling in 300,000 military reserves, what we just told you. When there's extreme political tension between countries, investors tend to trust the U.S. dollar more. But just as Russia's announcement pushed up the value of the dollar, also pushed up oil prices 2.5%. But they fell 1% later today after the Fed's rate announcement. And our in-depth story today, are we about to see a wave of energy companies being nationalized? The German government has taken over energy giant Uniper. It has bought out the company's largest shareholder, Fordham. Fordham says that Uniper was generating massive losses in the billions and that it can't continue like this. Uniper is Germany's largest importer. Until recently, Russia supplied a whopping half of Germany's gas. Since the war in Ukraine, Uniper has to look elsewhere, and prices in the open market have skyrocketed. So Fordham said there's no other option. The German government has to take control. And to put this into perspective for you, what Germany did would be like if the Biden administration took over Con Edison. The German government now owns 98.5% of Uniper. Fordham says Europe's energy situation is getting more severe. Previous efforts are not getting the job done. This is, of course, is a result of Russia invading Ukraine, which led Europe to slap sanctions on Russian energy. Putin also recently closed the crucial Nord Stream 1 pipeline. The pipeline was a vital source of gas for Germany and all of Europe. We spoke with Daniel Lacaye, chief economist of the Tresses Hedge Fund, to get his take. He says Uniper's situation was caused by the government. Germany has had a very aggressive intervention agenda on the energy sector, and Uniper has been suffering because of it. Uh, in the last uh, years, what we have seen, for example, is that Uniper was making enormous losses because of the rise in gas prices, however, the impossibility of passing those costs to final consumers. So what we're living is not a nationalization because of a strategy, but a nationalization because the government cannot do anything else with this company. There would be no demand from investors or very little to recapitalize the company. Lakaye says Europe's biggest problem is government intervention. The governments don't let the markets operate freely, and in the end, the taxpayers and consumers pay the price. We also spoke with Thomas Malinen, CEO of GNS Economics. He's based in the EU himself. Malinen says we may see more of what Germany just did. I think that the, uh, there, there we will see a, a lot of nationalizations in Europe within the, let's say, 12-month period. It's just a... Uh, 
let's say majority of the utility providers are in in some extremely deep water and cannot probably continue operating without a, a, a government bailouts. Madeleine suggests even Fordham itself, which was previously Uniper's largest shareholder, may be the next to be nationalized. And that it won't just be utility companies, banks are also in trouble. Here's Madeleine again saying that more could be going on here. They can really keep them indefinitely now. And it's, it's all like the, um, like we did a um, special report and analysis on the, on the Great Reset Agenda um, last fall. And in it, the main thing is that you create these alliances between governments and, and large corporations. It's kind of a n new way of fascism, if you may. And these governments taking over the utility companies and possibly other companies too, is actually what the Great Reset Agenda wants to happen. So that uh, kind of creates an extra layer of worry uh, on these developments because then you don't really know what is behind all this. This Great Reset that Malinin is talking about refers to the World Economic Forum's plan to recover from the COVID pandemic in a way that prioritizes so-called progressive goals in a more equitable, greener way with the ESG priorities. Many have called it global socialism, especially after one of its members wrote an article titled, Welcome to 2030, I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. The World Economic Forum's membership roster includes President Joe Biden, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, and European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen. Both Lakaye and Malinin say nationalization is not a good solution. Europe got itself into this energy crisis by pursuing renewable energy and tossing away energy independence. And now governments are taking more and more control. So what's the solution? Malinin says the end of the war is, but Putin's recent speech calling for thousands of additional troops suggests that isn't happening soon. And thousands of people gathered today in the Belgian capital, Brussels, to protest against skyrocketing electricity, gas, and food prices. NTD's Andrew Thomas has more. Trade unions and city police in Brussels said that around 10,000 protesters took part. City traffic and public transportation was disrupted. We want a decent salary increase for all the people because all the costs are increasing, both prices in shops but also energy prices, so it's important to have better salaries. The second main reason is that we want a freeze of energy costs and solutions to help people to cope with the energy crisis. A Belgian media poll this week showed that 64% of people are concerned about being able to afford their electricity and gas bills, which have more than doubled over the last year. 80% of respondents said they are already trying to save on energy and water. One protester said she had noticed her groceries cost 20 or $30 more. We are reaching a point where we can't keep up. What is in our purse cannot keep up. And I am lucky in the sense that I don't have any children depending on me. But I am really worried for single parent families or other people in such situations. Last month, Prime Minister Alexander de Croo warned that the next several winters will be difficult due to high electricity and natural gas prices fueled by Russia's war in Ukraine.
The European Union's 27 member countries have agreed to cut gas usage by 15% on average this winter. EU energy ministers are meeting next week to discuss the crisis. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. And still to come, Apple shifting production away from China. Analysts say up to a quarter of its products could be soon made outside of China. And antitrust regulators investigating an Amazon deal after consumer advocates complain. That and more coming up on NTD Business. There was a shooting gallery up there. I could hear the tremble in his voice. She suffered a fairly severe beating. The, the video is, is pretty graphic. Justice for us. Welcome back. The National Transportation Safety Board wants all new vehicles to include drunk driving detectors. The board pushed for the new safety measure Tuesday. It would require all new vehicles to include technology that can detect if drivers have been drinking alcohol or are otherwise impaired. The board also wants new vehicles to have speed-related technology it says could help prevent tens of thousands of fatalities. But there's no word from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration about how the measure is progressing. But the group reports that 32 people die of alcohol-related collisions every single day, more than 11,000 every year. And JP Morgan analysts say Apple may shift 25% of its iPhone manufacturing to India by 2025. Apple is moving some production away from China amid mounting geopolitical tensions and strict pandemic lockdowns. JP Morgan expects Apple to move about 5% of iPhone 14 production to India beginning in late 2022. India is the world's second biggest smartphone market after China, and Apple has bet big on India since 2017 when it began iPhone assembly there. JP Morgan also estimates about 25% of all Apple products will be manufactured outside China by 2025. That's including products like iPads, Apple Watches, and AirPods. And the Federal Trade Commission is taking a closer look at Amazon's $1.7 billion bid to buy the company that makes Roomba vacuums. Tuesday, an iRobot investor filed a financial disclosure indicating FTC antitrust auditors are putting the deal under a microscope. That's after a number of consumer advocates called for the deal to be blocked. At least two dozen consumer groups wrote to the FTC earlier this month, warning that the deal could give Amazon more monopoly power and drive other smart vacuum makers out of business. No word yet from Amazon, though, about the FTC's investigation. A small robot with a clip-like hand is part of an effort to make convenience stores even more convenient in Japan. It's one possible answer to Japan's worsening labor shortage. NTD's Andrew Thomas has the details. A convenience store in Tokyo has a new helping hand. A robot named TX Skara works behind the refrigerated shelves in the back of a family mart store. In the past, they sometimes didn't have the drink I wanted, but lately the shelves have been well stocked. 
TX Caro is filling a needed role in Japan's convenience stores known as konbini. Most konbini are open 24-7, filled with thousands of products, but they have relatively few workers. In the past, there was a saying about seeking even a cat's paw for help, but now we're also seeking a robot's arm. TX Cara can restock up to 1,000 bottles and cans a day. Its artificial intelligence is called Gordon. Gordon knows when and where products need to be placed on shelves. The robots have already started restocking beverages, so the staff don't have to do that work, so they can change their work schedules quite efficiently. Japanese company Telexistence produced the robot. Our goal as a company is to give a hard for a smackdown to the repetitive work done by humans right now. So we want to automate all the job, all the repetitive job, borrowing job done by humans. TX Cara is now at 300 of the 16,000 Family Mart stores in Japan. There are 40,000 more konbini in the country. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. And that's all the stories we have today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter, too. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, email us at business at NTD.com. That's all for today. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.